you know, in, in the slightly happier news, uh, I've ordered food. Um, I realized that I hadn't eaten since breakfast during the movie, which was cool. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, I found on, uh, on my phone, uh, remember the burrito place for, uh, on diversity from not too far from your place on Wolfram. It was like a food food. It's not, not cooed food, but like the Los Tres Ponchos. Oh yeah, I found them on the the Uber Eats. So no I shit. Ordered, yeah, so I ordered some Los Tres Ponchos, which I haven't had in literal years. So I'm stoked. Nice. That's and, good. That's good. Drunk food, even when you're not drunk. I know exactly. So yes excitement i mean food is always a reason to be excited agreed a hundred percent Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch RobCobs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I, I feel like I've laughed during so many of the beginnings of your intro yeah the intro that now every time i hear you start i just start giggling like i'm not even actually laughing at anything it's just the pavlovian yes response and and then i can't stop then i'm just giggling well shout out to the podcast uh all fantasy everything but that's kind of the same thing that happens with their intro because it's the host, Ian Carmel. He goes, welcome to another episode. Like, because he, he goes into the same, like, welcome, like, at the, the beginning <laughs> the same, of everyone. The same voice. And yeah. so, and, like, yeah, so it's the two people he runs it with, uh, David and Sean, they always, uh, they always start laughing when he goes into it because it's just like, <laughs> And I think it's just the same sort of thing where it's like everyone just kind of like you can hear me go into my, I don't know, your, podcast your, your podcast persona. <laughs> yeah. 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 Where so, yeah, yeah. you get you get very like hosty and yeah. it's which is it's not a bad thing. It's just that like it, it's just it, it's something like, it's something that strokes the like. 10 year old version of me deep down inside that is just like oop you gotta be quiet and professional now it's like oop, dad's on a phone call you can't be goofy I, I, I'd rather not stroke the 10 year old you um, <laughs> <laughs> not while I'm taking years. a sip of wine man <laughs> speaking of 10 years that's how long Jake and Jane Adler were divorced, and it's complicated. The hey. movie that we watched tonight. Uh, it is another Nancy Myers jam, another Nancy Myers joint. Um, Unfortunately. You know, 
and uh this movie uh it's one that i had heard of and one that i remember seeing the commercials for but one that i never watched and like i don't know never sought out when it was out um this is this is the first time you watch this yes good me too you too all right so we went into it cold and blind and there's we got a lot to talk about so let's just yeah. get jump let's just jump right let's, into the stats let's jump right the fuck in so it's complicated is a 2009 american romantic comedy film written and directed by nancy myers so there it is again written and directed and produced by nancy myers and what did we uh, say about movies that were, that were written and directed one... by the same person we need another voice we need um, another voice we could we'll we'll talk about it on this one now. Um, so, uh, it stars Meryl Streep as a bakery owner and single mother of three who starts a secret affair with her ex husband, played by Alec Baldwin. Um, ten years after their divorce, I will not do the impersonation from Team America World Police <laughs> on recorded audio. Um, so, <laughs> so ten years after their divorce only to find herself drawn to another man, her architect, Adam, portrayed by Steve Martin. Goddamn right. And then the film also features supporting performances <laughs> by Lake Bell, Hunter Parrish, Zoe Kazan, uh, John Krasinski. Shout out to John Krasinski. We'll talk about him. Mary Kay Place, Robert Curtis Brown, and Rita Wilson, among others. Uh, the film is two hours long. It came out on Christmas Day of 2009. Yeah, a Christmas Day movie, which is odd. Uh, guess how much the budget for this film was? Oh, God. Probably more than it should have been. So, like, $45 million. <laughs> Well, you gotta think they filmed in Santa Barbara, which is a ritzy area of California, in that lavish house. And then on top of that, they also filmed on location in New York for a little bit um, for that graduation. Um, And then also Streep and Baldwin and Martin. Yep. $85 million. Um, I rest my case. Nancy Myers got $85 million in 2008, 2009 to make a Rob Cobb. See, this is what's wrong with capitalism is that there are investors out there in the world that are stupid enough to make decisions like investing in Nancy Myers movies. How much did it make in the worldwide box office? This is where I'm about to eat my words. Um, I, I'm going to say optimistically from my point of view, a hundred and fifty mil. $224.6 million. You know what? Nancy Myers, you can fuck right off. Granted, it'll be to the bank, but fuck <laughs> off. Um, this film actually was the uh, the third highest grossing project, slightly surpassing The Holiday, her previous film in 2006. Which was far better. And I don't even I don't even love it like you do. Like I can still admit that that's mm-hmm. the holiday is a much better piece of work than this bullshit. 
or any others not nancy myers bullshit what were the other two what were the two that topped this one i believe well it doesn't necessarily say which one's um there for nancy myers uh my guess is that one of them is father of the bride because she did the father of the bride movies so this is the third movie that she did with steve martin besides the two father of the bride movies um i am looking it up right now so i'll I'll get there's also something's gotta give um and a movie you've mentioned before what women want i actually was gonna choose that as my next movie (laughs) i like until until we came across this one I was going to choose that one as this week's. Well, you know, Nancy Myers. (laughs) Um, So Uh, do well within your rights if you want to. But I'm uh, I've already made my choice in my head for what we're doing next week. And it's definitely not Nancy Myers. Uh, It's a much different vibe. I'm (laughs) I'm very thankful for that. Yes. Uh, But. Let's go into the fact that one, uh, this was rated R. It was. Yeah. How? Why? I don't know. I like. I feel like for rated R, there'd be a lot more cursing. They never said fuck, did they? Yeah, they didn't. That's usually the. Uh, they didn't show any nudity. No. Uh, there was no violence. What the hell made it R? I don't know. That's why I was like, I said it. R? That's why we we usually don't talk about the ratings, but this was rated R. All right. What the fuck? Max is on the hunt. I got you. You you keep going, but I'm going to research this because I I call bullshit. Uh, But also... Uh, there's 183 critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for this film. What is the Rotten Tomatoes score? Uh, 65%. And I hope it's no higher than that. It is a 58%. That's still higher than it should be. And 100,000 plus ratings for the audience score gives it a 60%. So right around the same there. Um, The critics consensus, despite fine work by an appealing cast, it's complicated is predictable romantic comedy fare going for broad laughs instead of subtlety and nuance. And for the record, uh, Google says that the movie is rated R because of you're not going to believe this. And this goes to show what, what year it is that we're reviewing it. The pot smoking scene. The pot smoking scene. The pot smoking scene. Wow. Right? Wow. Right? So despite being scandalized by the pot, um, <laughs> like like they 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 rated our lives R. 
<laughs> How dare you rate a movie R for weed? Uh, so, uh, first review from a critic here, uh, Ed Cook, Coke, I K O C H. I never know how to say that last name. I I've said that before. <laughs> Film critic for the Atlantic, considered a top critic. He wrote, the movie won't take you to the top of the mountain or leave you with memories and references for discussion, but you won't be bored if you see it. Without compromising my standards, I could give this film an unqualified plus. All right, Edward Cock. Um, no. <laughs> uh, Donald Monroe, the Fresno Bee, gave it a negative review and wrote, if a pottery barn catalog had a midlife crisis, it would look and feel something like it's complicated. <laughs> there we go. That's more of my kind of review. <laughs> um, and then Jonathan F. Richards of film.com, considered a top critic, gave it a positive review. Uh, uh, I mean, a B minus, which we'll end it with this one. Uh, he wrote, it's really not all that complicated, but it is entertaining. It's pure, simple fun with Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin playing Doris Day and Rock Hudson, as they might have been if they had ruled in the sexually knowing aughts instead of the virginal era. What the fuck kind of ass backwards review is that? He's basically saying like Baldwin and Streep are acting like a, a well-known movie couple from the 30s and 40s and basically saying if that well-known movie couple was in the 2000s they'd be acting like Streep and Baldwin I mean that part I agree with to an extent I mean yes it was entertaining in that regard without divulging too much about uh, of my my thoughts here but yeah i mean i would say it's it's entertaining to a point so let's because we keep saying there's a lot to discuss a lot to say a lot to da 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 da, da. um let's go with this max why is this movie complicated it's you? not it's not complicated. It's complicated only because one of the two main characters, not even both main well, I mean, technically both, but realistically, one of the two main characters makes it complicated. That's why it's complicated. Because you just... Uh, I mean, I get it. I get it to a point. We got a main character here. We got two main characters here. We got Meryl Streep and we got Alec Baldwin. All right. And we got, we got Alec Baldwin who we established early on as an adulterer. So clearly he's got that, that predisposition. And then we got Meryl Streep who plays 
a very, I don't know, I would say a, a stereotypically charismatic yet loving, loyal, normal-ish character. So th- we got this adulterer here who in, how old is he in this movie? What did he say he was? I think 58. Okay, so even at the age of 58, he's still trying to figure out what the fuck he wants. Which, I'm 34, and I can only extrapolate that while I would love to wish against this, I can only extrapolate that even at 58, there's still going to be things that I don't know and still going to be things that I may not know that I want. However, one of them should not be your ex-wife who you cheated on and left to go fuck Lake Bell and then cheat on her with once you're married mind you, to go have another fling with your ex-wife, Meryl Streep. This is just bullshit. If you want to make it complicated, give me a fucking premise that's actually complicated, Nancy, you fuck. Nothing about this is complicated. This is a dickwad named Alec Baldwin who doesn't know what the fuck he wants it's as simple as that like he's infatuated with the idea of the shit that he can't have that's all there is to it that's all there fucking is to it nothing in this two hour long goddamn movie told me otherwise nothing in it told me that alec baldwin was infatuated with all of these qualities that his ex-wife and Meryl Streep's character still possessed. And he was suddenly, he said it multiple times. They included it in the script. Like you said, your, your, your rule of three where they, they show tell and imply. They told us quite often that he was so enamored with, all of these qualities and traits that he was suddenly seeing now that they're no longer married and now that they're, you know, not burdened with the, the parental responsibilities and not burdened with the responsibilities of maintaining a broken marriage and, you know, all of that shit. Suddenly they're, they're free from that prison to just enjoy each other. Yeah. You tell us that constantly in the script. But I, I just, I never saw it. I never saw it. It was all, all I ever saw was a dickwad making excuses with those words for his own, I don't know, shit, unresolved shit. And maybe I'm being harsh because I'm on my like fourth glass of wine, but and you know, 
because of my my own <laughs> my own parental history. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I mean, does any of that ring true to you? Like, am I off here? I just like the record to show that I asked you why it's complicated. You said it isn't. Then he went on to talk about it for about five to six minutes uninterrupted. Um, <laughs> because it's not because nothing about this fucking movie is that complicated it could have been fucking been ended in the first five minutes the actions themselves are not complicated it's the feelings involved that are complicated yeah well the feelings involved in like 50% of the other rom-coms we've watched on this podcast are more complicated than this bullshit you're trying to tell me that just because they're in their late 50s that complicates things, please. No, what not, complicates... not, not not you trying to tell me. Nancy Myers is trying to tell me. No, what complicates things is the actions that have been chosen by the characters, and we're not just talking about Jane and Jake here, uh, but also, excuse me, um, Ag- Agnes, which. Oh, what? That was the name you decided on? Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I thought that was a weird name choice, too. Yeah. Also, Jake. Jake. Jake was a weird name choice for a 58-year-old yeah. man. I mean, there's 58-year-old men named Jake. I mean, just, like, young Jakes grow up to be old Jakes. Yeah. I figured they'd go by Jacob at that point, or their middle names anyway so <laughs> as far as um the but the so when we're talking about agnes like there was the whole thing that they said in the dialogue that she at one point left jake after jake left jane for agnes agnes left him went and had that kid with someone else and then came back to jake and then jake took her back so and he's so now he's cheating on he's cheating on Agnes and he just happened to find Jake as the person to you know cheat on Agnes with it it all just rings of you know as as the movie you know came out it was just closure that was never attained and it could and it could not be obtained because of the extremely hurt feelings which are were completely valid to be hurt but the extremely hurt feelings that jane had towards jake that she couldn't even be around him and because she couldn't be around him she also couldn't let go of her ill will toward him which she does hint at not hint at which she does pretty much essentially state to Steve Martin's but, character. Yes, but it took this long. It took like almost 10 years to get to that point. And, you know, and then on top of that, it, it like what kind of, kind of pushed it over the top and allowed her to fully realize it was begging him again behind the back of Agnes. So you know. they switch positions and <laughs> and um, 
she got to be the other woman, like she says. Um, yes. Whatever. Yeah. So this is just so that's you know an explanation of what's gone down. Then there comes the question of, is it okay? And the obvious answer is no, because it isn't. None of this is okay. Um, like, and so that's where you know, it becomes complicated again, because as a viewer, you're watching the protagonist act in very not okay ways, which makes it hard to root for the protagonist in this film. It's hard to want good things for them when they're choosing to do a shitty thing, regardless of who the victim may be. And then it's so you have to kind of work through all those you know, feelings in order to, you know, get past everything. It's okay. Okay. Again, I would argue that it is complicated, but it, it's not like it's, it doesn't need to be like, it's only made complicated by the stupid initial actions of all of the main characters. Obviously primarily Alec Baldwin, the main character or character, but when you boil it down beyond those initial decisions, nothing about the situation itself is complicated. It's not like they're thrown into some whirlwind adventure scenario that they're forced to make these decisions in and these decisions are a result of complicated circumstances you know what i mean like that's where i draw the line personally it's like it's complicated because you made it complicated but realistically it's really not that complicated Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, uh, it makes sense. You know, at the same time, you know, just because someone's choosing to make something complicated, even though it doesn't have to be complicated, doesn't mean that it's not complicated. It means that it's complicated. Well, this is where you need friends to step <laughs> the fuck in and be like, yo, stop complicating things. And instead... Meryl Streep is fa has found enablers. Three God enablers. God damn right. And and a therapist who enables. That dude is not worth his money. Whatever she's paying him. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that he's providing advice. Uh, eight years? Eight years he's been her therapist. And he can't give her better advice? Either that or he knows exactly what to say to her to keep having her come back. <laughs> He's still making that money. Excellent making that point. green. <laughs> the greenbacks, baby. Um, well, let's get more into the experience of the film itself. So, as in like the performances and everything else. Um, basically, I kind of want to like switch gears. Um, Let's talk about John Krasinski first, 
It's a smaller part, but it's a, I mean, John Krasinski. It's a very necessary Once part. again, that and also just once again, John Krasinski on the side being a highlight in a rom-com at this time. He's at this shit. era. He he really rode that <laughs> that gym wave <laughs> to to some solid roles in the late two thousands yes. and early two thousand tens from from the office. Um, like I really liked him in this movie. I, like the only thing that I didn't like about him actually was that his the way he would greet the son who had just graduated college. It was just always like a putter there or handshake. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, come on dog. Like it's 2009. Like not even, I know you guys are white and all, but like not even like dap or a hug. Like, like I feel like there's more, it'd be more than just a putter there. handshake. Agreed. Especially when he's so, he seems so close to the mom and the family in general and the yeah. family in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, like his his performance, especially in the scene where he sees the two of them in the hotel, um, the Jake and uh, Jane, and then he sees the doctor go up and the doctor come down and say everything's good. Um, oh, that's a great that's a great commentary to have on that scene too. Like John Krasinski's yeah. character, like that's that's perfect. That was exactly what made me kind of. <laughs> fall in love with his character in this movie was that scene <laughs> and then and then when he's at the little dinner they're having when he when the son first arrives back in california he's like is no one else gonna drink wine <laughs> <laughs> i've been that character i've been that character i've been that character in my own goddamn life like <laughs> <laughs> um so like that was that was all well and good. It was done well. Um, and just shout out to, to John Krasinski's performance in this film. Um, you know, the, uh, the, I mean, he is going to be my what happens after for after though. Oh, thank God. Cause that's the actual like relationship that I wanted to learn more about. That's what I'm saying. We didn't learn a lot other than that they're engaged and that they're planning a wedding. And, on top of that, the like at some point he has to inform his fiance, the oldest daughter, that he knew about it previous to everyone else finding out. I don't feel like that's going to be an easy conversation to have. Depends on how long you wait to have it. Right? And so... I'm wondering when do they have that conversation? Cause I don't think they have it during the film that we watch. So, no, no. you know, when, when do they have that conversation and how soon before the wedding do they have that conversation? Um, I like to think that, you know, it, it's the, it's the classic rom-com in me. Yeah. He waits a little too close, tells her right before the wedding Weddings initially called off and then called back on. <laughs> that would be the rom-com th- formula. That's the rom-com way. It's the rom-com way. If we're being honest. Uh, but 
that's enough about John Krasinski. We've we've waxed poetic about him. Um, there's another character in this film that deserves a lot of discussion, and that's the third lead, Steve Martin, aka Adam the Architect. Okay, why does every rom com have an architect? Because uh, it like architects are just i i feel like their profession starts with an a there's buildings everywhere so you need an architect for everything so it's just and and you know architects have to be the creative types and but they're also the creative types that make money supposedly and at the same time there's still a connotation of building and using your hands even though they're, they don't do any of the grunt work. Yeah. Um, but they do wear hard hats at times. Um, Very know, rarely. Just, yeah, exactly. So it's just... Um, so, like, all of that kind of lumps together into, um, you know, just architects being the, the profession. But in regards to Steve Martin's performance... He is so charming in this film. He is. He. I don't even know if charming is the right word, but yes. Like he is beyond charming. He is like. He's Nancy Myers. Perfect fucking character. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of it seems like Nancy Myers is kind of like writing in her journal about her dream guy that she like she's a teenager like my dream guy is an architect you know recently divorced he's a nice uh, guy he got divorced because he was too nice yeah he's a he seems like he'd be really kooky when he's high um you know <laughs> which for the record not to you know steal the show or anything but i related hard with Steve Martin high. <laughs> like all I ever want is to giggle. Um, think about the world from a metaphysical standpoint and eat. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Like and chocolate like... cake, clandestine meetings and laughing. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. That's that's high max. <laughs> I mean, that makes complete sense to me. So, um, but yeah, the that whole like encounter, just them being high, was hilarious. Um, and if that's that the reason whole... it's rated R, then so goddamn be it, because that was probably one of the best sequence of scenes in the whole movie agreed agreed it was worth it 100 percent um and even i mean we'll, we'll we still have more to talk about but i feel like the kiss of the film is a perfect encapsulation of how great steve martin was in this film and how great that character was written um because i think the kiss of the film is when he first encounters her high and she opens the gift. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Even though it's a, 
the little tiniest of pecs, that's my kiss of the film myself. Because like it's an it's on accident, but it's right there on the lips. He makes the joke about the cake, and then she's apologizes for doing that. And he's like, I'm not sorry. <laughs> and he then he says that as well. It's just like the perfect dialogue to go along with that like nice little tiny peck on the lips between the two of them and and the fact that it happened at the beginning and it's in this very funny situation where she's high, obviously, and like everything else. I I I loved it. I thought that was a that moment was an A to me. I loved that. To your to your point, it's a kiss that has um trying to think of a good way to put it, it has context after it. Yes. Which which a lot of rom com kisses I I mean I guess you could make the argument that they do, but an immediate context they don't. It has context after it in the sense that it sets up for that whole sequence of scenes where they're high together, which I would argue that if they hadn't had some sort of some sort of intimate connection like that, it could have been a kiss. It could have been something else. But regardless, it was some sort of, you know, breaking the touch barrier, breaking, you know, that whole thing. It, it Once you have that sort of intimate connection that breaks a a certain level of comfort level then they're able to loosen up around each other he's able to get high with her they're able to be high together and they're able to have the fun time together that that they do have Mm -hmm. they're able to loosen up with each other and that that sets up for intimacy in their relationship as well yeah So I agree. You know, the is that your kiss of the film or did you I mean by default I think I would I would probably go for the one where they he and Meryl Streep's character actually do share a kiss where he's about to ask her for permission to kiss her. <laughs> That was well done as well. Agreed. Because that was also, yeah, agreed. I, I thought it was very well done. Um, uh, and he just, he starts leaning in and is like, you know, can I, do you mind if I, and she's like, yes. She and, cuts him off and they kiss. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would give that a, just for context and for realism, I would give it a B plus. Um, but I like your, I like your spin on the kiss. And I like the fact that that kiss is as awkward as it could have been. And as minimal as it was in terms of context, it, it did kind of usher in something bigger, which I thought was, which I acknowledge. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So you know, and so for as charming and delightful as, you know, Adam, the architect is in this film, then there's, then there's the care, the performance of Alec Baldwin as Jake Adler. We've talked about 
you know, the relationship between he and Jake and Jane, but as a performance and as a character by himself, Jake is, I, I mentioned it to you while we were watching it, possibly one of the worst fuck boys in <laughs> rom in the rom-coms that we've watched for this podcast. He is an ultimate fuck boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he's got top- 58 years of experience. <laughs> but on top of all that, I think Alec Baldwin is good in this movie because he plays that fuckboy so well. And that's because Alec Baldwin in real life is a fuckboy. Um, quite frankly. Is he? I mean, he called his daughter a fat pig. Uh, like, there's a the message where he called her a fat pig because she was being mean to him or I don't know. He reminds me of my dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's why, that's why I call him a fuck boy uh, in real life. Um, but I've never had, uh, I've never had too low of an opinion of Alec Baldwin. Um, although Jesus, I'm just now remembering God, and never mind. I don't want to bring it up. Uh, you're gonna bring up the yep. The the, the yeah. Yep. No, uh, yep. that's the elephant in the room that God. we're just gonna ignore. Let's just. Um, as far as the performance, though, he's, <laughs> he's really good at what he does in in this film, and all the way down to just like he he's just he's so pushy too which is the worst part like that character is so pushy just constantly like cajoling and like trying to control the situations and everything else and like when and like oh we'll have a movie night you know and he wants to now he wants to play family after all three kids are out of the fucking house it's like eat a cock you don't get to do this now you don't get to control this. You don't get to be a part of the family and get the family That's, life now after the family's yes. done. Yes. Yes. Hundred and fucking billion percent. That's exactly where I drew the line. Thank you. The way that he fucking looks at Meryl Street, like it's like he says, like, I'm so happy. Yes. Like how many statements Fuck did he you. make where he said I? How many statements? How many times did he say I feel this way? I'm so happy. I'm coming home. I'm back with you. And they I even pointed it uh, they even pointed out in the movie. Meryl Streep points it out in the movie that he's selfish. This shit is about him. He only cares about how he feels. And how many fucking times did he say, I've had a revelation or, you know, I've, I've started thinking of this, of this differently or whatever. Everything is about him still for fuck's sake. That's me to my, to my T in my twenties. That, I mean, truthfully, that's still occasionally me. But at least I'm aware of it, and I try to stop myself when I am aware of it. 
You're 58 fucking years old, dude. How are you still after how I, I can only assume are two failed marriages and no other side pieces along the way. How after all of that, are you still at this juncture that you're struggling to think about anyone but yourself? These are other, these are other human beings. Yep. Yeah, I agree. But with that said, (laughs) I agree. Alec Baldwin himself did a fantastic acting job. I mean, like, (laughs) (laughs) and then of course there's Jane Adler, Meryl Streep, which, in all honesty, it's kind of odd that, like, you know, Nancy Byers writes these female characters, and I feel like the female characters, the lead female characters, have the same amount of depth as, like, as if a male wrote them. Where there's just not a lot of depth there. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's, she's lonely. Like that, that's basically, she's, she's lonely. She doesn't want to feel owns, alone. She owns and, a bakery. Like, I'm sorry. I know this is a rom-com, but Jesus Christ. Like how much of a stereotypical goddamn character can you write? I could have pulled that out of my ass, half drunk, half high. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> and on, but on top of that, it's just what, Beyond just the idea of uh, she, like, feeling wanted again, especially by someone that she's so familiar with and who discarded her and so she felt unwanted by, to have, to feel wanted by that same being again is probably, you know, in, in intoxicating fragrance at the beginning which is why she allows herself to be a part of this. But, you know, other than like being vulnerable like that and learning her lesson and then getting with Adam, like you don't learn much about her or who she is. Yeah. Or why she chose to do the things she did as far as that. You know, wanting to be a mother, wanting to be a baker, yada yada, blah blah. Like, you don't learn anything. You just learn like, oh, she felt vulnerable. She felt alone. She decided to bang her ex husband. She fell in love with a cool guy. Cool guy. And now, this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And and now here we... we are at the end of the film, and she's building an addition. Yeah, we don't really learn much about her at all and i would have i would have loved to see a little bit more about her in i don't know flashbacks or something i i I, honestly what they they were together for what 18 years is what they said so they were married for 19 but but didn't didn't he say didn't he say at one point they were together since they were like 23 They've known each other since they were 23. Okay. So 
I would have liked to see, as cliche as it sounds, uh, this is one person's opinion, one person's, uh, you know, brainstorming. And this is where sitting in a room with multiple writers and multiple brains on the project would have helped, Nancy. Um, but I would suggest starting the movie with a flashback. Give me immediately a little bit of insight into who they were as a married couple before all this shit. And also simultaneously show me who they were as younger people. Then flash forward to all of this bullshit so that we have a little tiny bit of context to establish and to help provide some sort of, you know, context for why they still have some sort of chemistry, you know, why they still have some sparks, why they still have histories, that sort of thing. I know they kind of provide that in, in, in the script, but I don't know. I feel like it would have been more helpful to see firsthand, you know? You're right. That's, you know, one person's opinion. Um, I just, we, we already spent two hours with these people and that was too long. Anyway, it could have been cut down. Oh like, God. Yeah. It really, it really could have you been. Could, Jesus. A, like, and also, you know, divorce is so like common at this point. Most relationships end in, or marriages end in divorce at this point. Like, I think it's over half at this point. And I've, pretty sure that statistic keeps going up and up and up so Hmm. so people understand the you know the feelings involved with divorce so if you just it's one of those things they can just say oh they've gone through a divorce he cheated on her and he's now with that that woman you don't have to show me what happened or how their marriage was or anything else like that you can just say that part and immediately you know they don't like each other at, at to a certain level. If there's if cheating happened and he's with the person that he cheated on his wife with, there's going to be bad feelings. You don't have to explain it any further, at least in my opinion. I so, mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's it. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we've gone through pretty much everyone. I mean, there really isn't much to say about Lake Bell's performance because there wasn't much given to Lake Bell um, or or the daughters, really. Like There all, really wasn't. No. All the females just place, felt like placeholders. Yeah. Um, like yeah. The, the ones that were given the most to work with were fucking Alec Baldwin. And, I mean, Alec Baldwin was the one who got the most to work with in this film. Um, so, nonetheless... Uh, so well, we didn't mention Meryl Streep as an actor. I mean, we don't really need to. Meryl Streep goes without saying. When you hear the name Meryl Streep, in my opinion, it's a plus performance every fucking time. Well, yeah, she's she's cool at all. Um, she was really funny. High. Um, <laughs> she was hilarious. Yeah. So and and I gotta you- say, going into this movie, I had reservations about seeing either of them play romantic roles, let alone the two of them together. And I honestly was less cringeworthy than uh, seeing, 
Yeah, well, yeah, then seeing Jack Nicholson and uh, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, thank you. Yeah. Which is not to say uh, that they're they're cringeworthy either. Like we we reviewed that, we talked about them. They weren't that bad, but I gotta say, Alec Baldwin, Meryl Streep, solid. And that's the consensus from Rotten Tomatoes and such. So, uh, and, and speaking of verdicts, what's your verdict for this film? Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um, what did I give the verdict for the last one? I don't know. I I don't know either. I I don't want to give it any less than what I gave the last one. But it's not a whole lot more. Um, I think I want to say I gave the last one a fuck, but it was a very like low level, like the lowest level fuck I could give it. And I think that's what this one is too. It's it's a it's a very I'm going to keep using your your example of if it's on in the background while you're folding laundry, you don't have to change the channel sort of thing, but you also don't have to pay attention. Like it's it's not kill worthy. It's not something that I would actively say it's so horrible. You got to kill it. Don't ever fucking watch it. If it's on, change the channel. It's not that bad. But I also wouldn't actively seek it out and having seen it once it's like yeah i'm not i don't hate it enough to change the channel at this point but i also wouldn't pay attention like it's entertaining for what it is um but there's nothing particularly noteworthy about it I would say. So it's a very low level fuck. What about you? Yeah, I think that the movie is a fuck um, for sure. Um, And as far as for me, I feel like there were parts I were, I was entertained by Um, even though I feel like the movie is about 20 minutes too long. It still, you know, wasn't like a slog. It, you know, I felt I was, you know, entertained throughout-ish. Um, you know, I could think of scenes to cut, but I wasn't necessarily like, let me see what kind of video games I have on my phone right now, sort of thing while I was watching it, um, which I've done with other <laughs> rom-coms. So it's, and, and, you know, and, and also the you know, the Meryl Streep and Steve Martin relationship in this film, those, those scenes really sing. So, um, and, and then also like, I don't know, her and Alec Baldwin, those are interesting. They, it's an interesting dynamic uh, and everything else like that. But for me, my mom imparted upon me that, like to not be pushy as a guy to not like force yourself upon mm-hmm. people like just people in general, but let alone women and the seeds between Jane and Jake just are slightly uncomfortable for me. Cause it just, he just, he's so overbearing. Um, but at the same time, they were 
uncomfortable in a way where it was like it was still an actor acting well i don't know nonetheless no i i hear you i hear you so uh so yeah so that's that on that uh so you can find our socials uh our shows instagram at bromancing the stone podcast it's all one word together bromancing the stone podcast and then on twitter at bro the stone pod b-r-o-t-h-e-s-t-o-n-e-p-o-d uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. So that's S-U-P-R Market Sweep. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at Relusa88. And that's R-E-L-U-S-A-88. Uh, also on Twitter, I've been posting my Wordle results. I just got into that. I'm 2-0 and so far. Uh, and uh, and then also I have another podcast with my sister Rebecca called We Watched RMTV. It's a Spotify exclusive where we choose three songs from a particular month and year of what we consider the MTV generation, uh, which is basically from when the, the channel started to about September, 2003. Uh, and it's a good time. You can, you should listen to that as well. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. There you go. And next week, I mentioned I already know what I wanted to choose. Uh, I've mentioned it before. I think I mentioned it during our Something New podcast. Um, it's a... I would call it more of a dramedy, but I, I think people would still classify it as a rom-com. Um, but it is definitely um, a cult classic amongst those who are uh, fans of african-american slash black film uh and it is set in chicago in the 90s Ooh, it is love jones love jones we're we going to watch love jones it is as i mentioned a cult classic a a well-known one a well-known film amongst those who know if you know you know so Interesting. Um, it sounds like max does not know i he do not assume now um but uh, it's a film that I, uh, I believe I, I might have seen in theaters because my mom was immediately on it. My mom loved black rom-coms. Uh, Speaking so, of which, whose birthday yeah. is it today? Oh, uh, yeah. My mom's birthday is today as we're recording. So, you know, happy, birth- happy 71st birthday to my deceased mom. Yeah. Shout out to, <laughs> so, shout out to uh, shout out. Mama Sanchez. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> r.i.p thank you for uh for getting this podcast started honestly like she was kind of <laughs> she was kind of the inception right exactly um but yeah so until next week for the tens and tens of listeners we love you all we thank you for listening and we will catch you next week love you guys <laughs>